welcome back to my love letter time machine. Hi, I'm Ingrid Birchall Hughes, and I'm serialising the love letters of my great-great-grandparents, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. Travel 140 years back in time with me now, where we take a look at Victorian history through their eyes. And today, Fred and Janie start to plan for Janie's visit to Middlesbrough. And we take a little look at the brass band movement in the north of England. to realise that this is the 50th episode of my love letter time machine. I can't quite believe it. And I am delighted that so many of you have been coming on this journey with me as we follow Janie and Fred in their story. Thank you so very much. So where were we? After the excitement of her brother's wedding, everything quietens down and Janie finally gets a moment to consider things in a bit more detail including finally reflecting on Fred letting his landlady, Mrs Snaith, believe that he was a married man and that there was a baby on the way. However, Janie doesn't really seem that perturbed and takes it in her stride. Hansworth, June the 19th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your letter this morning for which I thank you, love. I am sorry I could not give you more for Sunday. I intended starting it on Friday night after I got home from Darnell, but I felt so tired and I was rather late. Polly Corbett and I stood talking to Ginny Reckless. She had just come home for her holidays. The usual monthly came off today. I was very sick all day yesterday. I thought I should have come out of church. I managed to stop the service out though. The people stare so if you do go out. Henry and Ginny Reckless came to Brother Fred's to tea and I was invited too. I felt a little better in the afternoon, so I went. We have to go there, darling, when you come over. They have a nice little home. Our Fred says he can't reckon himself up at all being there by themselves. Ginny, Polly and I went for a walk down the Grange Lane after tea. Henry and Fred went to our house. I did wish you were with me, darling. The old lane looks so nice now. I think I miss you more than ever, love. We called on Henry and our Fred and went down to Mrs Rose to supper. She said we were to go there. I have been very bad all day today. I was obliged to go to bed this afternoon. I fell asleep, and have slept longer than I intended. So, darling, I shall not be able to give you a very long one today. You will think I have nothing but excuses this week, love, I am afraid. I have had to neglect you for others. I am glad you got the cake all right. This wedding was a very useful experience for me, love, and I did enjoy sending the cake out. I did not pump Polly a bit. I thought I knew exactly how they would go on, so did not feel very curious about the first night. Our Fred looked all right, love, after the dreadful ordeal, but Polly was rather pale. I am glad you went in for a little festivity on Thursday. I was thinking about you all day. I should enjoy myself if you were only here, darling. Mr Davies' information, setting up as housekeeping, providing you with the bills of his furniture, it would make the £30 look small. You must not get glum over it. I think we shall make it do very nicely to get the furniture you said, love. You will do well, darling, if you save six pounds this month. We shall not have to get married earlier now, love, as it has come off all right. I thought I would not say anything about it until today, as it often occurs two days after the time. 
I wish I could have been with you at Middlesbrough Sports, and then perhaps it would have been more enjoyable looking on. I wish I could have relieved the loneliness of the sole representative of the firm in the evening, love. It would have given me great pleasure. I love you, my darling, more than ever. I am sorry you had such a bad headache yesterday. I hope you will not have another of these attacks that you had last year and the year before. I will go to a doctor, darling, and see if he can't give you something to get you all right again. I must not have you ill over there and your little wife not there to look after you. Mr Banks might have given up playing his cornet when he knew you had the headache. I wish we were married, darling, and then I should be there to look after you. But we shall be soon, love, and then I will. I will write you another for Wednesday. It is post time. I remain, my darling husband, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. P.S. I will tell you about the excursion in my next. I'm going to mention it to mother tonight. I have not done so yet. Hansworth, June the 19th, 1882. My own darling husband, I have great pleasure in giving you a little more. I feel very much better after my sleep. I shall be all right by tomorrow. I find I have not answered your last two letters fully. You asked the reason why Kate was going to leave. I need hardly tell you what it was about. Mother said she had not said anything to offend her that she knew of, but Mother says some very nasty things when she is in a temper and forgets them afterwards. But Kate has considered to stop again. I am very glad, as I don't think we should get a better, and one that we can trust to tell no tales. You bad lad to let Mrs Snaith think you are married. She will be wanting us to sleep together when I come, and asking me about the little one we are expecting. It must have been your very quiet and sedate manner that has assisted in convincing her you are a married man, my darling husband. How did you get the board meeting over? You would be tired, love. I know you are particularly fond of board meetings. The wedding was the nicest I have seen at our church in our position. I think you would have felt proud of me if you could have seen me. I hope you will be proud of me when I am your wife, darling, for then I shall be your very own. But you are just as much to me now, darling, as if we were married. I gave them your good wishes, love. I wish it could have been ours as well, but it wasn't, my darling, as we shall have to wait patiently until it is, and that won't be very long now, love. I did let you share the wedding present. I bought them a very nice inkstand. I gave eight shillings and sixpence for it, love. We did get some rice. I never saw more thrown at anybody. I have asked Mother about the excursion. She says she thinks I might go, but she will ask my father. I think we needn't fear, love, that I shall get off. I shall come by one of the one day's excursions and stop for a few days. We will say from Monday to Friday. If Miss Smith can conveniently get off then, we will both stop at Mrs Gordon's, as I should prefer it to staying at Mr Marston's. Wouldn't you, love? If Miss Smith and I come together, we shall be nice company in the daytime. I don't suppose you will get many days off, darling, but we may be able to see you morning and noon for a few minutes, and then have some nice long evenings. It will be like old times, darling, to see you every night. We shall not have to go to see many friends while I am there, love, so that won't take up much time. I do want to see you, my own husband. It will be glorious to see you every day, for five days or a week. If Annie Wortley goes, she will go by the three days trip, as Tom is going with her, and he wants to go to the races. I shall see her again before the time. Then she may let Tom go by himself and go with us on the Monday. But if she does not go with us, it will not make any difference, as we shall not see much of her when she gets there in any case. Mary and little Jessie are staying with us. I'm going to take Jessie out for a walk tonight, and Mother keeps bothering me to see if I'm not nearly ready, so I shall have to give up now, love. You must let me know, darling, if you are any worse. 
I feel rather anxious about you, darling. I remain, as always, your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. Janie is exuding confidence about being able to make do on only £30. You can tell she can't wait to get her teeth into the challenge, in fact. I have every confidence that she's going to surprise Fred with her brand of practical creativity, born of ingenuity and a tight budget. Their servant, Kate, deciding to stay must have been a source of relief for Janie. Otherwise, no doubt, she would have been lumbered with more work until they found a new one. The fact that Kate's ability to keep confidences was so highly prized, I'm sure has something to do with Emma's behaviour. In this next letter from Fred, he seems to have a belief that sexual activity can directly impact upon how a woman experiences her next period. I wonder why he thinks this, and if it was a common belief. But aside from misconceptions, the fact that Janie and Fred are prepared to have this depth of conversation about her monthly cycle feels decidedly modern in the level of intimacy they share. Albert Terrace, Linthorpe Road, Middlesbrough, June the 20th, 1882. My own darling wife, I received your kind and loving letter this morning, love, for which I thank you. I am sorry, darling, that I said anything about your letters being short, as I might have known that you would give me as much as you could. Forgive me, wifey. I was a little out of sorts. I am glad to hear that the usual monthly has come off, but very sorry to hear that it was so painful to you, my darling. I hope I did not contribute to the painfulness, but fear that I did, love. If it was not my fault, love, you are not quite all right, or it should not give you so much pain, should it? Does not your mother suggest a remedy, love? She must know of something that would relieve you. I don't like to hear of my little wife having so much pain to bear, as I wish to bear all that for her. I should be quite agreeable to go to your Fred's love when I come over. I think I should scarcely be able to reckon it up if I had you all to myself, darling, like your Fred. I wish I could have come down the old lane with you, my darling, on Sunday. It would have been delightful, but I will take you in the park when you come here, and then we shall enjoy it. I went in this morning before breakfast. It was lovely. I am glad you still think we should be able to manage on £30, notwithstanding what I mentioned about Davis's. But I think you have scarcely answered all the letter in which I gave you the estimates. I suppose the wedding would perhaps hinder you from giving much time to it. The headache is all right now, darling. I took a dose of fruit salts and a sadlitz powder and feel very much better now. I think the other matter I spoke of will pass off, love, as I have not felt it much since Sunday. We have got another hand to relieve me of the letters, so that I have not quite so much on my mind now. I got done at seven o'clock tonight, and after tea went in the park and had a little footballing with some fellows there, feeling very much better for the exercise, love, and shall go again. I have some time now, we have got another clerk. We are having some awful weather here now. The rain is something great. I went to Stockton today, to one of our director's works, to get to know how they paid their men, and anything else I could. I rather enjoy these short railway journeys, and it is a pleasant break in the day. We had done at half past six tonight, so that I have plenty of time to write to you. I shall now go to bed and dream of my darling, and get up early to wait for your letter. Good night, my love. Good night. Continued June the 21st, 1882. My darling, I received your second letter this morning, for which I thank you very much. I am glad to hear that you are much better, wifey, and that Kate is not going to leave you after all, 
as it would not perhaps be advisable to have a stranger in the house. You have just anticipated the situation, love, about Mrs Snaith. She said yesterday that she should have to remove Alvy when you come, as of course I should prefer you sleeping with me. Of course I said I should do so, but afterwards explained to her that we were not married, so you need to have no fear on that score, darling. The board meeting went off all right, love, and I have now the minutes in hand for the directors. I shall be proud of you, my darling, when you are my wife, prouder even than I am now. I am glad you let me share in your present, darling, as I like you and I to combine together in all things. I am glad to hear that you have got your mother's permission to come here and hope you will also get your father's. About the stopping, love. If Miss Smith does not come, I think it would be better for you to go to Mr Marston's and have arranged accordingly. I have explained to him that if Miss Smith comes, for her sake, you would stop with her at Mrs Gordon's. Of course, I am not yet sure that she will come. Alvy will get a letter tomorrow morning, and then perhaps I can tell you more. She has got her mother's permission, if that is anything. It will be glorious to see you every day, even if only for a few days. We shall not have many friends to see, love, as you say. We have to go to tea at Davis's, and here as well, of course. I think you had better let Annie Wortley know that the Newcastle trip goes through Darlington, which is 16 miles further from Middlesbrough, and that it is certain that as the trip is booked for Newcastle, they will not let her stop at Darlington and then come on to Middlesbrough. She will have to go on to Newcastle and then come back to Middlesbrough from there. Are you sure, love, the day trip is a week next Saturday, as I cannot find it in the paper? It will be inconvenient for you, love, leaving so early, but you will no doubt arrange that. I wish it was today, love. I remain, my darling wife, your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. Hansworth, June 22nd, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your loving and welcome letter this morning for which I thank you, love. We are having miserable weather here. It was drizzling all day today and today it has poured down. Ginny Reckless and Ellen Staniforth came to see me yesterday, even though it was such a nasty day. Ellen has had three days holiday this week. She has not been for such a long time. She did not like to come by herself, so got Ginny to come with her. They got to our house at half past four. We had tea then. Ginny had me put the dress on and everything that I wore for the wedding. Continued, Friday morning, 6.30. My darling, I am going to Sheffield today with Ginny Reckless, so thought I would get up a little earlier to write to you, love. I don't think you did contribute to the painfulness of my bad time, love. I'm afraid I am not quite all right. I should not have any pain by all rights. I told mother about it, and she said she used to be just like me when she was young. She did not suggest a remedy. I wish I could have gone into the park with you, love, before breakfast, but you shall take me, love, when I come, darling. I am glad you are very much better, love, and that you think that the other matter will pass off. I should not like you to be ill over there. You will feel relieved now you have got another hand to do the letters. It will take a little off your time. I should go in the park again, love, to have another game at football. I think the exercise will do you good, darling. The short railway journeys are a pleasant break in the day for you, love. I wish I could take them with you. I am glad you had done early so you could write to me. It has been a scramble nearly every time last week to write to you, darling. The wedding did hinder me a good deal. 
it would be best to stop at Mr. Marston's if Miss Smith does not come. You are a very thoughtful darling to make arrangements accordingly, for which I shall kiss you when I see you, and I know you will not like it. I do love you, my darling husband. The day's excursion is on Monday week, not Saturday. I think I said Monday in my letter, love, but I could not be sure being so hurried over them. I think it will be in the papers today. I hope the mistake in the day will make no difference, love. It will be rather inconvenient leaving so early in the morning, but I can put up with that, love, if it is to see you. I wish it was the day, darling. I do want to see you. You know the stable where we keep bottled beer? Father has been missing it for weeks and could not think how it went, because he knew we had not sold much and still it kept going. It is a neighbour that has confessed to doing it. He has unlocked the door with his house door key. He is just such another as Charles Clegg, always craving for drink. I don't know what they are going to do with him yet. He is old Mr Wiggly's son. I have not time for more today, but will give you the usual one for Sunday, love. I remain as always, your loving true and faithful wife, Janie. Royal Exchange, Middlesbrough, the North Eastern Steel Company Limited, June the 23rd, 1882. My own darling wife, I was very disappointed at not receiving a letter from you, love, this morning, but I suppose you will have been busy, love, or else you would have given me a line or two. I am afraid I cannot give you much, as we have been very busy today. Alvy's young lady has got permission to come here with the day trip, so you can make what arrangements you like with her. I have arranged for you to stay at Mrs Gordon's if you like to do so. Oh, my darling, it will be glorious kissing you once more. I shall push on this week so as not to have to work over when you come, and then I can show you everything. I love you, darling, more than ever, and remain as ever your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. In the next letter of Janie, in the middle of the continuing discussion of travel arrangements, she happens to mention that some folks in Handsworth have started up a brass band. The flat cap and brass band stereotype of the north of England persists a little unfairly, I think, but I thought it might be interesting to look at what became known as the brass band movement. Valved brass instruments first came into production in the early 1800s, and this technological advancement made them eminently suitable for mass production. This in turn brought down the cost, and the instruments came within reach of those with lower incomes. The players in a brass band and those that came to hear them play were almost always in the same social class, and with pieces by famous composers being transcribed for brass instruments, working classes received an education in music that before then had largely been limited to hymns and popular tunes. This was most likely the first time that the working class became properly engaged in classical music. The proliferation of bands started to ramp up in the 1850s, and while brass bands originated in the colliery towns of South Wales, it was noted by commentators of the day that almost every village and group of mills in the north of England now had its own band. Band origins seem to have followed three main patterns. First were those that started up within a single workplace. Second were the subscription bands that were supported by their local community. And lastly, there were the military bands associated with the home volunteer forces. 
the Victorian equivalent of a territorial army or home guard that would often receive funds from some kind of patronage by the middle class. The encouragement of workplace bans in particular can to some extent be seen as developing alongside the temperance movement as part of the patriarchal style of charity in the Victorian era to encourage working class people away from alcohol and into a more wholesome style of living. Rehearsing and performing music kept people away from pubs and drinking. Well, unless you start up a band and ask to use the local pub as your rehearsal space. Actually, given that so much of Janie's family are involved in the innkeeping trade, I think I'd like to go into the contrast here in a bit more detail at some point. It would certainly explain her dubious opinion of the Salvation Army, who supported the Ten Prince movement and at the time were highly active in Sheffield. Anyway, I digress. Back to Janie. Hansworth, June the 24th, 1882. My own darling husband, I received your letter this morning. I am so sorry you were so disappointed, love, at not receiving one on Friday. You would get one this morning, so I hope it would make up for it. I was busy. The excursion is in the paper today. It starts very early in the morning, 5.30. I should not mind very much, darling. I should have to stop at our Williams on the Sunday night. Then we could start together, Miss Smith and I, from the Victoria Station. We have to come by the Manchester, Sheffield and Lincolnshire Railway. I must see Annie Wortley tomorrow, if possible. How shall I make arrangements with Miss Smith? Will you let me have her address so that I can write to her, or shall I have to see her at Cockaine's? I have got father's permission to come, love. It will be glorious to be together again, and to be kissed once more by you, darling. We will stay at Mrs Gordon's. I think it is the best arrangement we can make under the circumstances, love, don't you? We shall not be able to bring much luggage with us. They will only allow what we can take under our own care. I wish it was time to come now, darling. I do want to see you. I should be delighted, darling, to be with you. You will be able to show me everything, but don't work too hard, love, to knock yourself up. I went to Sheffield yesterday. Ginny Reckless was to have gone with me by the half-past eleven train, but could not get off until afternoon. I went up to R. Williams to dinner, and then came down to the town and met Ginny, and we did a little shopping, which we both like, and had a look in all the windows. Then we went to tea with Polly and spent a very pleasant evening up to half past eight. I always feel loath to leave their house when I get there. It seems so much more comfortable from ours. We came by the nine o'clock train. I went home with Polly Corbett. Ginny seems to be very friendly with little David again. We met him as he went down the station road and Ginny went for a walk with him. He went by the same train to Sheffield in the morning as I did. He told me his father and mother are going to Middlesbrough to see Mr Cooper next Saturday to stay till Tuesday, so they will be there at the same time as we shall be. You must send up to the weather office and have nice weather for us when we come. It is very unsettled here. We have had a very heavy shower today and some thunder. Ginny Reckless says I have to tell you to be sure and come to their feast, as it may be the last you and I will be able to come together. I told her I did not think you would, as I was going over there, but she said you must. I don't think you know, love, that we have got a brass band in Hansworth. A lot of young fellows have started one. They came out for the first time. I think it was Tuesday night, and they are coming out again tonight, and they are coming to our house to torment us. I wish they would not, as their music is as yet not of the sweetest, and a brass band in the house is not the nicest music you can have, or the quietest. I wish you could come, love, and take me for one of our old walks instead. We did live in those days, darling. Now we just exist, but we have had some glorious times to look back upon, 
and the glorious future to look forward to. So we will not despair, love. We will look upon the sunny side and not get downhearted. Only nine days before I see you, darling. I am sure this has been the longest time. It seems months since I saw you. I still think we shall be able to manage on the £30, love, with what you suggest in the furniture line, and we should manage very well at first. You will have to put one pound and ten shillings down for the fender and the firearms. I don't think we could get very nice ones for a pound, though they may be dearer in Middlesbrough than Sheffield. The leather suite will be very cheap, love, if you can get it for nine pounds and thirteen shillings. I have not seen any ticketed here under fourteen pounds. We shall be able to talk everything over when I see you, love, if we don't forget, and think only of the pleasure of being together. I have got such a nice flower stand. It is a good large one for the middle of the table. Mother bought it for two shillings. It has turned out a lovely night. Oh, darling, I do wish you were here. We would have a glorious walk down to our old lane. We will have them at Middlesbrough, won't we, love? I do love you more than ever, my darling. And remain always your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. P.S. The band is coming up the street now. can't believe how complicated it seems to arrange a trip like this. It appears so fiddly with all the back and forth and getting other people to write to each other. Next week we get to see the final preparations as Janie gets ready to go and have her first look at Middlesbrough. Thank you so much for listening to my love letter time machine. I'd very much like to share Fred and Janie's story with more people so if you haven't already can I ask you to share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it? You can also find excerpts of Fred and Janie's letters on Instagram at mylovelettertimemachine or one word. And you can write to me at mylovelettertimemachine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>